Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, more bad news in the NFL that's related to activity off the field, plus a real deal melee happened between the Rams and the Bengals, a major injury, and a wide receiver who wants out of New York. We'll talk about the final weekend of preseason games. It's all coming up on Friday's edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast for August 26, 2022. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On NFL Podcast free and available on all platforms. I'm your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Also host the Locked On Bets with my guy Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. Usually I'm uh, with my tag team partner Chris Carter, host of Locked On Steelers Podcast, but he is not available today, so no, no worries. I'm going to roll solo bolo. Got plenty to get to on today's show, so let's go ahead and jump right into it here in segment number one. First, got to start off with a conversation about something going on off the field, not NFL related, but still has to do with the NFL player. And I'll tell you right now, the NFL has had plenty of this in the last calendar year between Deshaun Watson, of course, what's going on in D.C. with Daniel Snyder, and a whole lot more. Now in Buffalo, all attention and all eyes are on the Bills and their rookie punter, Matt Areza. Bills rookie punter Matt Areza was named in a civil lawsuit filing in California, alleging he participated in a gang rape of a minor. That's right. And that is major. When you're talking about something like that, that is a major, major thing. That is nothing to shake a stick at. It's also nothing to say that, hey, this dude's guilty. This dude did this, that, and the other. Kick him out the league. It's not. You can't do any of that until you find out the exact facts. And remember, this is a civil lawsuit similar to the Deshaun Watson. All the Deshaun Watson situations he had going on, all 25 cases, those were all civil as well. So there's no criminal charges as of right now. But Bill's punter, Matt Areza, has been accused of having partaken in the gang rape of a 17-year-old girl in October of 2021 while he was a student at San Diego State. The LA Times reported that on Thursday, the Buffalo Bills reported uh, or put out a statement saying we were recently made aware of a civil complaint involving Matt from October 2021. The, uh, the bill said that in a statement released Thursday night. Due to the serious nature of the complaint, we conducted a thorough examination of this matter. As this is an ongoing civil case legal, we will have no comment at this point. And really, that's all they can do. But again, it's just another case that the NFL is like, oh, man, are you serious? This has got to be on our lap now. Now we've got to deal with this situation. And obviously, that is a big, big deal. And if he did that, first of all, it should be more than a civil lawsuit. It should be a criminal lawsuit. But again, we don't know what happened. We don't know what went on. We don't know who said this, that, and the other, and what's going on. All we do know, for a matter of fact, is that he's been named in a civil lawsuit. That doesn't mean that he did anything, because there's been guys that have been put in that situation, and later on we find out that, you know what, this is what actually happened. So I'm not going to point the finger, not going to accuse him of anything, just reporting what we do know, the facts, that he has been named in a civil lawsuit. But uh, Buffalo, I'm sure as they're on the eve of getting their season started and have some high expectations, that's also the last thing that they want on their plate. And they just released another punter the other day, another punter they had on the roster. They just released him, and this was apparently they already had known about this situation. So if they've done some further investigation and some deep diving into it, maybe they feel pretty good about the direction it's going to go. Again, I don't know. I'm just thinking what they could possibly be thinking as we talk about this story. Again, this is one of those that, you know, there's there's no room for error. There's no room to be wrong one way or the other in this situation. It's just something to monitor and continue to see how it goes. But the NFL is like, man, 
We almost got to the, the beginning of the regular season without another big-time situation. And please believe that is a big-time situation. Something else that happened on Thursday, Aaron Donald of the Rams basically took on the Bengals. Big-time melee, you know, and that, I, I can confidently say, was a melee. I've seen some training camp fights, some joint practices that have gone wrong. There's been some pushing and shoving and stuff like that. This was more than pushing and shoving. This was Aaron Donald and the Rams versus the Bengals, and they went all the way, well, Aaron Donald went all the way like Miles Garrett against uh, Mason Rudolph when he hit him in the helmet or in the head with his helmet. That's what Aaron Donald did. He had two Bengal helmets in his in his hands, and I saw the video where all you can hear with the sound on is clink clink, like boom, just just a massive hit. And luckily, the guy that he hit did have a helmet on. But could you imagine getting hit with a flying helmet by Aaron Donald? He has that thing in his hand, and he's slinging that thing towards you, and it pop, it hits you in the head, helmet on or not. That's got to hurt. That could possibly cause a concussion, if not more. Uh, it was just, it was massive. It looked really bad. So uh, no doubt after that, the Rams and the Bengals decided that they were going to shut down practice, joint practices. They do have a game coming up this weekend, the final preseason game of the year for them, for both teams. But that was pretty major. And I saw a lot of people talk about, well, Aaron Donald's got to get suspended for that, right? I mean, remember what happened with Miles Garrett? He got a, a six-game suspension for hitting Mason Rudolph in the, in the head with the helmet. But that was during a game so a lot of folks again thought that Aaron Donald is going to get suspended by the NFL well Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network actually put out a tweet that said clubs not the NFL are responsible for overseeing conduct of players at practice including joint practices so fair to say the league discipline for Aaron Donald or anyone else in today's brouhaha is unlikely and then ESPN's Adam Schefter he doubled down he was on SportsCenter on Thursday and this is what he had to say about a potential suspension of one Aaron Donald the league stance is this clubs are responsible for overseeing the conduct of their own players at practice including joint practices between two teams like the one today between the Bengals and the Rams so any discipline that would be handed down against the Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald would have to come from the Rams themselves. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the Rams are not going to suspend Aaron Donald for their season opening game two weeks from tonight against the Buffalo Bills and that Aaron Donald is expected to play in the regular season opener. I don't think the Rams will take that drastic of an action against their all-world defensive linemen. And I agree with Shefty. I agree with Tom Pelissero 100%. There's no way that Aaron Donald's going to get suspended by the Rams. They need him for week one. They need him for week 17. They need him for the whole season. So there's no way that they're going to put a suspension. They'll probably hit him with some kind of fine. They'll do something, uh, I don't know, something minor. But there's no way that he's missing week one, two, three, for any of the weeks of the regular season unless he's injured. You know, there's no way that they're going to say, well, you know what, that's just unacceptable. No, that's Aaron freaking Donald. That's one of the best players, if not the best defensive player in the NFL. There's no way that he's not going to miss any games. But, man, I'll tell you right now, uh, outside of that, just the swinging of the helmets, as I mentioned before, hitting dudes in the dome, man. And, again, if you haven't seen the video, I encourage you just to, uh, you know, go to Google, man, just Aaron Donald helmet or Aaron Donald melee, Aaron Donald fight, Aaron Donald anything, and I'm sure it'll pop up. It was massive. I mean, it made me take a double take and a double listen when I heard it the first time. I thought, man, that whoever got hit in the dome, I feel bad for them. Again, that's Aaron Donald swinging those damn helmets, man. And so that's got to be something major. And one can only imagine what got him so fired up that he had to go to that 
you know, extreme. And, and I know that Aaron Donald has been one of those guys in multiple uh, situations. As I mentioned, I cover the Raiders for Locked On Raiders podcast. And I remember last year the Rams and the Raiders got into multiple fights in their joint practices to the point where they had to they call their uh, their practices early. They just called them off. It's like, you know what? Everyone get to the buses. Everyone roll out. Just couldn't ha- handle it. This week, uh, the Raiders and the Patriots actually had their joint practices. And they didn't have one fight. They had two days of joint practices, not one fight. So it's possible to get done without having any kind of fights. But uh, the Rams and the Bengals, obviously that was not the case. They had multiple fights, and obviously that one was the worst of all. So we'll see what the Rams do. But as far as the league, they're not going to do a thing. They can't. Coming up in segment number two, there's a major injury in Big D and a wide receiver wants out of New York. We'll talk all about that after we tell you about Dave. And you're probably wondering right now, wait, hold on, Q. Who in the world is Dave? Well, before I tell you who Dave is, think about the situation in life when all of a sudden money gets a little bit tight. You think that you're doing pretty good. You think your bank account's looking good. Then all of a sudden a tire blows out or something goes wrong with your car. And then you have some major massive expense that you got to pay. And you look up and say, wait a minute, that nice little nest egg of money I had is exactly that. Something I had. It's gone. I need some extra money so I can get this repair. Well, that is where Dave comes in. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a gift, catch up on a bill, get that car repair, whatever the case may be. That's $500 instant extra cash. You can finally tackle all those expenses that you really are been stressing out about. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So you're in a pinch, you need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. What you got to do is right now, download the Dave app from the app store. That's Dave, D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. Future you will thank you. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On NFL podcast. Your boy Q here, no Chris Carter. He's out and about, wasn't able to join the show today, and that's okay. Sometimes that happens, so I'm going to roll solo bolo. He did that for me a week or so ago, so uh, I'm returning the favor. And got a couple different subjects I want to talk about here in segment number two. Uh, One massive injury in Big D, and then a trade requests in New York City. So let's go ahead and start with the big uh, the big injury news out of, out of Dallas, and that has to do with left tackle Tyron Smith. It was reported on Thursday about, actually I believe it was reported Wednesday night, but it was uh, kind of further uh, talked about on Thursday and clarified. The clarification of the injury came on Thursday that standout left tackle Tyron Smith suffered an uh, avulsion fracture of the knee, meaning the hamstring tendon, that sits at the back of the knee, pulled off the bone, and he needs surgery. Uh, if he's back at all, it'll be in December. That's obviously a massive loss. And I'll say this. I don't know how many years it's been where Tyron Smith has been injured and then injured and then injured and then injured. And so many times I heard the Cowboys as I was at ESPN Central Texas for a very long time and I was covering the Cowboys. Now I'm in Las Vegas covering the Raiders. But for the longest time when I was in Central Texas covering the Cowboys, all I kept hearing was, well, you know, Tyron Smith is back healthy now, so the, the running game is going to be solid. Dak's going to have his protection, and every year uh, something happens to Tyron Smith and he goes down. Well, you know, if Tyron Smith could stay healthy, then 
The protection will be there, and the run game will be solid. And then Tyron Smith gets injured. It's always, uh, you know, put all the eggs in one basket of Tyron Smith, and then boom, look what happens. He gets injured. Look, there's a reality in all sports, in life in general, father time waits for no man or woman, as we see what's going on with Serena Williams in the tennis game. But back to the NFL, father time waits for no man. Tyron Smith, this kind of injury sounds so massive. I mean, again, a hamstring tendon, that sits at the back of the knee, pulled off the bone, and needs surgery to repair that. Maybe he'll be back in December. Most likely, my opinion, just my opinion, he won't be back at all in 2022. And so the Cowboys are in a bad situation because they're a team that look like they can compete for the NFC East. And, of course, they won it last year. Uh, There hasn't been back-to-back division title champs in a very long time in the NFC East. I look at the Eagles and the Cowboys as the two teams that are going to be competing for it. And right now I tell you that I believe the Philadelphia Eagles are the team. But let's get back to the Cowboys. What do you do? What do you do now? I mean, they selected Tyler Smith out of Tulsa in the first round of the draft. He's not ready. He's been practicing at the guard position most most of the time so far in training camp. He's also injured right now with the ankle injury. Uh, Mike McCarthy said on Thursday that uh, Connor McGovern would actually be the guy taking the snaps right now if the season were to start. And luckily for the Cowboys, it doesn't, so they don't have to make that decision right now. But that's not something that they want to do. And they, they have just so much unknown. And for a team with so much talent, with uh, some running backs that are really good, and, and Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott, of course, with a wide receiver that's really good, and, and uh, CD Lamb, they're waiting for Michael Gallup to get back from ACL tear. I mean, there's just a lot of unknown now. And, of course, Dak Prescott, another year removed from that massive an- ankle injury that he had, you think he's going to come back a whole lot stronger. So uh, I think that they have to go out and make a move. I don't think that they can hope that one of the young guys that they drafted, like the Tyler Smith out of Tulsa, is ready to be that left tackle and hold down that spot. I don't know if you want a rookie taking care of Dak Prescott's blind side. So just another injury to a usual suspect for the Dallas Cowboys in the case of left tackle Tyron Smith. Again, I'm assuming that they're going to make some move. Uh, Andrew Whitworth was on the broadcast for uh, the game, the uh, the preseason game on Thursday night, and he was saying that he was getting calls and that uh, the teams that were calling him to see if he wanted to come out of retirement. Of course, he just retired with the Super Bowl defending champion Rams. Uh, you know, he said, hey, they're calling the wrong person. Basically, they need to call uh, my wife and kids and say if I can ever play football again because he retired for them. So it looks like he's very happy being retired. There's a few options out there that the Cowboys can make, but I think there's no doubt they have to go outside the building and bring somebody in if they allow a rookie to take over that blindside spot uh, and from potentially the whole season because Tyron Smith is going to be out. I think that's going to be a bad, bad look for Dallas. I think it's going to be bad, bad look for Dak Prescott and the run game and everything else, right? I just don't think things are going to go very well in Big D if they don't go out and get somebody that's a veteran that can solidify that spot. And, man, they've got to make sure that they address that because the Dallas Cowboy offensive line has always been how they butter their bread, and I don't expect it to be any different. Now, uh, I also want to talk about a trade request in New York with the Jets, and that's wide receiver Denzel Mims. I know Denzel Mims very well, covered him while he was at Baylor. Uh, I was excited about him when he was drafted, but when he was drafted to the Jets, I remember saying specifically, I'm not excited about that because I think he needs to go to an organization where, one, he doesn't have to be the man right away, and two, it's a little bit more put together and not a mess. Well, unfortunately for Denzel, he did go to the Jets. Uh, He does have to be the man, or he did have to be the man when he was selected, and also they were a mess of an organization. So I knew that it wasn't really good sledding, and look, I'll say this. Denzel Mims has not done a whole lot for himself 
since he's been in the league. He's been injured. He's been inconsistent. And he just hasn't been the guy that, you know, a lot of folks expected him to be when he came out of Baylor. Looked like a really good wide receiver. But, you know, there's always questions about Big 12 wide receivers. There's always questions about Baylor wide receivers. I mean, I can tell you, again, from covering Baylor, all the wide receivers that went to the league that you thought, okay, this guy's going to have an opportunity to be a big-time player. This guy's going to have an opportunity. And it just never panned out. I remember Corey Coleman, when the Browns selected him, he was supposed to be the guy. I think he's still hovering around the league, but he's done a whole lot of nothing. Uh, Terrence Williams, T. Will, he was a guy that was supposed to be the dude. And you know what? He did pretty good for the Dallas Cowboys for a while until he didn't. All of a sudden, he was just out of there. Right. And he, he was gone and he hasn't been heard from since. Right. And then Denzel Mims, he's a guy. Honestly, the best Baylor player that's probably been in the league in a long time since Mike Singletary is not RG3, but instead Xavier Howard down in Miami, uh, cornerback with the Dolphins. Who would have thought that uh, the best Baylor player out there, uh, you know, in the modern time was a, a defender at the cornerback position? Because we always hear that, you know, in the Big 12, they don't play defense. But Xavier Howard is a hell of a player. He's uh, cashed plenty of checks and he's a, a Baylor alum. But, you know, just getting back to Denzel Mims, uh, his agent put out a, a statement on Thursday. It's just time. Denzel tried in good faith, but it's clear he does not have a future with the Jets. Denzel vowed to come back better than ever this season and work extremely hard in the offseason to make that happen. Still, he has been given no opportunities with the starting offense to get in a groove with them. We feel at this point a trade is our only option. Since the Jets have told us repeatedly they will not release him, Joe Douglas has always done right by Denzel, and we trust he'll do everything in his power to find another team where Denzel could be a contributor. So that came from uh, from Denzel's agent talking about the trade request that they had to get him up out of New York and send him somewhere else. And so as soon as I saw that tweet come out from uh, Mike Garofalo from the NFL Network, I, I quote tweeted and said, uh, the Carolina Panthers on line one. <laughs> I do believe that if there's any team in the league that's going to make a trade for Denzel Mims, who hasn't done a whole lot in the league, but uh, I do believe he's a guy that could play in the league. If there's a team that's out there that's going to make a move for him, I would assume that it's going to be Matt Rule and the and the Carolina Panthers because Matt Rule, if you go and look at his roster, he has so many guys that he formerly coached either at Temple or at Baylor. Guys he's familiar with is what he uh, is what he's used to and that's who he brings in. Is that going to work out for him in the long haul as he's trying to basically fight for his job as well in year 3 with the Carolina Panthers? Who knows, but you know, Denzel Mims is the guy that he had a lot of success with when he was at Baylor. So far in the career of Mims, not a whole lot. In 2020, his rookie year, 23 catches, 357 yards, no TDs. 2021, eight catches, 133 yards, no touchdowns. So not a whole lot of production in the couple years that he's been in the league, and it's just not the way that he wanted to, uh, you know, start out his career at all. And again, now he's looking for another team. So uh, we'll see what happens. He was a second-round pick in 2020 and hasn't done a whole lot of anything. Uh, it looks like he could end up being one of those Big 12 guys that just kind of makes it to the league and washes out. But uh, he's got to get somewhere where they can figure out how to use him. I don't know if that would be in Arizona, maybe, with uh, Cliff Kingsbury and that uh, that wide-open system with Kyler Murray. And, of course, Marquise Hollywood-Brown is there. I mean, those guys are all Big 12 guys, so maybe they can figure out a way to use Denzel Mims. But I hate that for him because I thought he was a hell of a kid, and he was a guy that also worked really hard to go from one spot you know, from where he was in his college career to his senior year, really having a big-time season. I mean, he was great his senior year, played all 13 games for Baylor, had 66 catches for over 1,000 yards and 12 TDs. I mean, he was the guy. Think about this. In 2018, he played 10 out of the 12 games, only had 55 catches for 794 yards. So that's a big, massive jump in 2019 when he went for over 1,000 yards, 66 catches, and 12 TDs. So he really was a big-time player, was first-team All-Big 12, but 
just hasn't been able to put it together, hasn't been healthy enough in the NFL, and now is looking for a fresh start. So that's all I got for you for segment number two. Coming up in segment number three, we'll talk about some preseason games that happened on Thursday, a couple that I had my eye on. Also talk about a couple games today that I'll have my eye on and a couple games over the weekend, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. That's all coming up in segment number three after I tell you about Bet Online. .net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lives, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, college football, it's back, and golf. BetOnline.net continues to be your top online resource for all your sports wagering information. they got live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got everything you need. Head to the website today on your laptop or your mobile device. Learn about the action happening today. BetOnline.net, that's where the game starts. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Here we go, jumping back into the Locked On NFL Podcast, segment number three of this Friday, August 26, 2022. Want to talk about some preseason games. This is the final week. This is week three for the Raiders and the Jaguars. It's actually week four, but officially in the NFL, it is week three. So wanted to go over the games that happened on Thursday. Also wanted to look at a game on Friday, a game on Saturday, and a game on Sunday that I'm intrigued by. Again, just happy that it's the last week of preseason. Of course, on Tuesday, all the rosters have to be trimmed down from 80 to 53 men. So this is going to be for a lot of the guys in the NFL the last weekend that they ever play with the respective team that they're on right now. And for some of them, the last time they ever play in the NFL, period. I mean, think about that. I mean, a lot of folks' dreams are going to come to an end this weekend. And if they played on Thursday, it's already come to an end, even though they don't know it just yet. And maybe they do know it. But let's go ahead and go over some of the games because, hey, that's what we're here for, right, on the Locked On NFL. So the first game that I was paying attention to, the Texans and the 49ers, where Houston got on top of San Francisco 17-0. We know the scores don't matter. Wins and losses don't matter. But a couple uh, standouts in the game, Texans running backs. I thought that they looked really good. Marlon Mack and Damian Pierce had good games. Mack ran 10 times for 55 yards, and then Pierce, the rookie, six times for 37 yards. Pierce was actually a fourth-round pick out of Florida. Thought that he did really well. Trey Lance got a little bit of burn in this game. Didn't really do anything, but we know that it's Trey Lance time in San Francisco. They've still got Jimmy G on the roster, but who knows what they're going to end up doing with him. But Trey Lance got out there. Like I said, got a little bit of burn. Didn't do anything too, too much right, to say anything major about, nothing to say, hey, man, he really had a big game where uh, the week before I thought he did actually pretty good, had a couple throws that I thought, okay, I see you, Trey Lance, but, I mean, you go 7 for 11 for 49 yards, you take a sack for 7 yards, negative 7 yards, not, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal, not a big day at the office or anything, but that's just what it was. So that was the first game paying attention to the Texans and the 49ers. Next, how about Kansas City and Green Bay? The Chiefs topped the Packers 17-10. to Jordan Love for the Packers got some real burn. I mean, I know that he's not going to be playing for the Packers this year as far as uh, he'll be backing up Aaron Rodgers, so he's probably not going to get on the field at all. If he does, he'll be in mop-up duty. But he did get some quality burn on Thursday night. I mean, the guy was 16 for 26 for 148 yards. I mean, think about that. Almost threw the rock 30 times in a preseason game. That's a lot, right? That is a lot. But uh, Jordan Love getting some burn, seeing what he's going to be. Who knows how long Aaron Rodgers is going to stick around the NFL and how long Jordan Love is going to be a backup if he's ever going to get an opportunity to be the starter in Green Bay. But uh, you see him getting a little bit of action there on Thursday night. I think the big news in this game 
was rookie cornerback Trent McDuffie. He left the game and is in concussion protocol for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a first-round pick out of Washington. Uh, the good news is, obviously, they don't need him for a couple weeks before uh, the regular season opener. But, uh, man, he was a guy that I was very high on coming out of Washington. Didn't know what team he was going to go to. Think he's going to be a big-time player. He was a hell of a player at Washington. So I think Kansas City has a really good DB, and you just hate that he's starting off his career already in the concussion protocol. So these kind of things happen. It's the NFL, so you get it. But there you go. That was probably the big news that came out of that game. Again, Kansas City top Green Bay 17-10. But Trent McDuffie, the first-round pick out of Washington, left the game and is in concussion protocol. I want to get into some games that I'm going to be paying attention to this weekend. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I got one game for each day. And the one today, well, it's got to be the game I'm going to be at. The Raiders and Patriots at Legion Stadium. It's going to be tonight. Kicks off at 5.15 Pacific Standard Time. And, I mean, this is Belichick versus Josh McDaniels. These two teams, they had joint practices earlier in the week here in Las Vegas. And there were no fights. There was actually some really good work done. I'm interested in this game for multiple reasons. One, I'm going to be at it. It's a football game. And that's exciting already. But two... I just want to see what they're going to do since they did have the joint practices, how seriously they're going to take this game. Like, are they going to still go out there? Because I know this is the Raiders' fourth preseason game, but it's only the Patriots' third. So are they going to still treat this as the traditional dress rehearsal and let some of their starters go out there and get some burn and see what they can do and kind of get them primed for the for the regular season opener? Or do they say, you know what, we got enough good work in throughout the course of the week in joint practices that we don't have to do that? That's an area that I really want to see, especially on the Patriots' side of things. They're trying to figure out the offense without Josh McDaniels. And I got to see the offense for the Raiders start to develop under Josh McDaniels, and I think that they're going to be really good. But, man, I'm interested to see what the Patriots are going to do. Right now they have Matt Patricia as the guy calling the the plays, and he has a new offensive scheme, or the Patriots in general have a new offensive scheme. It's supposed to be a lot more simplistic, but I'll tell you, from every beat writer that I talk to for the Patriots, they are saying how much that is a big concern, this new offense. And Patricia is also the offensive a line coach so he's doing that plus he's calling plays just don't know how smoothly that's going to work but I will say this the Patriots are coached by Bill Belichick and he has earned the right to you know get the benefit of the doubt and just trust that he knows what he's doing so that's really what's most intriguing to me about this game later on this evening the Raiders and the Patriots is how that Patriots offense looks how does Mac Jones continue to grow after having a year with Josh McDaniels now he's got a new guy in his ear calling the plays Game I'm interested in looking at on Saturday. How about Philadelphia and Miami? This is a preseason game for both of them, preseason game number three. So it's supposed to be that dress rehearsal, as I've mentioned. Both teams have expectations to be really good. Of course, Philadelphia, they made the draft day trade when they went out and got A.J. Brown from the Tennessee Titans. They got Jalen Hurts, a new weapon, went out and made some plays, moves defensively so they can get some playmakers to be out there. And, you know, James Bradbury goes over from the Giants. Of course, they have Darius Big Play Slay on the defensive side of things. So you think that they can compete with the teams in their division. I guess the big question when it comes to Philadelphia is Jalen Hurts. Is he the guy? or isn't he the guy? They have Devontae Smith. They have A.J. Brown. They have multiple weapons. They have multiple running backs. Seems like they've got a really good team and a really good opportunity. I picked him to win the NFC East. We'll see what happens. And uh, Philadelphia, Miami, of course, they brought in a lot of weapons, including Tyreek Hill. They have a new head coach, and Mike McDaniel comes over from the San Francisco 49ers. Jalen Waddles there. I mean, they have a lot of interesting weapons as well, have a really strong defense. Um, but it's weird when it comes to Philadelphia and Miami, they had to cut their joint practices uh, short. They didn't even do anything on Thursday because they had stomach viruses. A lot of the guys had stomach viruses, and they were actually throwing up. So they just canceled their practices. So I want to see... 
what happens on Saturday? You know, how are these guys feeling? Do Does that impact who actually plays and who doesn't play? The stomach virus that they were dealing with on Thursday, it was non-COVID related, so don't think it's that. It was just one of those things that, that happened to uh, spread and the joint practices had to be called. So I want to see what these two guys, these two teams and organizations look like on Saturday night. I just saw the Raiders take on Miami and they actually had some of their starters play in that preseason game. The Dolphins did. So I'm assuming that they're going to do that on Saturday, but I would assume that that's only if they're feeling healthy and feeling up to it. So Philly and Miami is an intriguing game for me on Saturday. And on Sunday, there's not a whole lot to choose from. There's only two games, the Giants and the Jets, and then the Lions and the Steelers. So I'm going to roll with New York, New York. Why not, right? Because it is that. New York, New York. Again, there's only two games being played, and, you know, Chris Carter's not here who's the host of Lockdown Steelers, so why does Pittsburgh get any love? They get no love today. No, just kidding. But I'm a big fan of Sauce Gardner, who was the first-round pick of the Jets, the defensive back out of uh, Cincinnati. So any chance I get to watch him, I'm going to. I know I just talked about Denzel Mims in segment number two about he he wants a trade, so I don't think I'll be watching him, but I'll definitely have all eyes on Sauce Gardner. Man, that dude, he can play. I'm so excited about that guy. I think he's going to be one of the better DBs in the league. I don't know how quickly he's going to be acclimated to the NFL game, but I think the the Jets have a really good one, a guy who is humble but in a braggadocious type way, if that makes any sense. He is a guy that is a gamer. I think that the Jets had a really good draft. Of course, they've had some bad luck since uh, since their quarterback has got injured, and now they're going with Joe Flacco. But look, I'll say this. I don't know if Zach Wilson's the guy anyway. So, you know, maybe it's – I don't want to say a blessing. It's never a blessing when somebody gets injured. But maybe it's a blessing that they start the season with Joe Flacco if he, in fact, is the guy behind center because at least he's a veteran and been there, done that. Of course, the Giants, they had a decent draft as well, in my opinion. But, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau going down with the injury early from that low block on his knee that was ugly. I hate to see anyone get injured. Uh, The Giants and the Jets, both of them have a lot of questions going into this season. But I think this will be a fun game to watch on Sunday. And, again, there's only two of them. And Detroit and Pittsburgh does nothing for me. So I think Kenny Pickett and and Pittsburgh is going to be a really good quarterback. I have no faith in Mitchell Trubisky. I would love to see the Steelers start Kenny Pickett. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to end up being uh, a guy that will come into the – you know, start in the regular season once Trubisky shows that he's not the guy. And the Lions, I don't care if they're on hard knocks or not. I don't care what Dan Campbell says. I don't care how rah-rah he is. I'm not buying that stuff in 2022. I think that that's not how uh, guys get coached up at the best of their ability is using old-school tactics. But that's who Dan Campbell is. I think he's a really good interim head coach. Don't think he's a really good head coach. But that's just me. And uh, Detroit Lion fans, don't get mad. That's just how I feel. So the game I'll be paying attention to on Sunday, the Giants and the Jets. So real quick, today I'm focusing on the Raiders and Patriots. Saturday, Philadelphia and Miami. And Sunday, the Giants and the Jets, the Battle of New York, New York. So that's all I got for you for today's show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Next week we'll be back. Chris Carter will be back. He's This dude goes to so many weddings. I'll just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. This dude's always at a wedding. I don't know. He's like that movie where it's like 50 weddings. I think he's like the... I think he's the best man. You know where they always have like there's bridesmaids and someone's like always the the bridesmaid but never the bride. I think Chris Carter is always the best man, never the man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's always the best man, never the man. You can tell him I said that too. But nah, he'll be back here next week. We'll be rocking and rolling here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. So hopefully you enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Make sure you tune in. Of course, you can always check it out on YouTube as well. And uh, you can always get the audio version here like you're doing this podcast today. So appreciate you as always. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all your football action. And make sure to tune in on Monday to the Locked On NFL Podcast.